Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny will premiere on June 30th. And Alana and I, we already looked back at Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Now it's time for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Rotten Tomatoes has a scored at 84% by the critics and 94% by the audience. Some say this is not, maybe not the best of the trilogy, but the second best. I'm going to have to disagree. Junior. Welcome back to A Tales of Two Bros. My name is Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Spoiler alert. Currently streaming on Disney Plus are all the Indiana movies and the television series that it had at one time. Do you remember when you first saw it? How old you were? I was pretty young, man. I remember watching it on a tube TV. Tube TV, not the flat screen. No, not a flat screen. Tube TV with commercials, unless it was on HBO. I was still in Jersey. So that, that that was definitely a long, long time ago. So it was before 96. How do you feel seeing it after so long? This might be controversial for the audience, but I was not wowed. I, I was okay. pretty I was pretty meh for the most part. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, for me, if it, it, it was a nice close of a of a saga, meaning like we didn't know that part four was gonna come out with the crystal skull thing. It wasn't supposed to. Uh, was supposed to write it's hence the title indiana jones and the last crusade yeah all right now it could also be a million things called crusade in a sense of very religious christian what have you folklore even and that's how it is pushing here is very christian not themed but like raiders of lost ark where the artifact dealt with christianity and catholicism so does here in a sense of they're trying to go for the Holy Grail. It was very tied to the first movie. Well, let's talk about that real quick, where this movie takes place about two years after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. We have in this trilogy, I'm going to call it a trilogy because I don't really count number four, and I don't know how number five is going to be. The series doesn't really count. But, you know, that's a show. When Raiders of the Lost Ark came out originally, it was just a complete film, just like A New Hope was originally started out, came out as Star Wars. And it ended as a complete film. They didn't make Empire and the rest would have been fine. It was a complete film. Same, same as Raiders of Lost Ark. That's why I guess they changed the name of, from Raiders of Lost Ark to Indiana Jones and the Raiders of Lost Ark. Because you can pretty much see the first two in any order. You know, it's like the same effect for uh, not Rocky, uh, Rambo. Everybody thinks the first movie is called Rambo. It was really called First Blood. First Blood. But if you buy a DVD pack or the Blu-ray... It's Rambo. Yeah, I thought it's called First Blood because you have different names. You have uh, some of them. I got I got one of the packs and it says like Rambo on there, even though it says First Blood, and then it goes First Part Part Two Rambo, uh, and it's like it's confusing. It's repackaging. Yeah, because uh, there is a Rambo, just that which he directed, and then it was like That's First Blood Part. Two, which is also called Rambo. Yeah, Rambo First Blood Part Two, right? Then there's Rambo Three, which they just took away. First Blood. Uh, but anyway, we're going we're going all over the place. <laughs> yes. So let's get back here. Uh, so you have returning Steven Spielberg as a director, again created and executive produced story by George Lucas, Harrison Ford mm-hmm. reprising his role, Delhelm Elliott as Brody, excuse me, Marcus Brody coming back, John Reese Davies. As Shala, as I keep saying Shala, is Sala. He comes back again, which was great. I totally forgot that he was in this. 
And I'm yeah. so glad he is because when he's in any production, it just elevates that production. He is one of my favorite me. characters in in the series. Characters or actors? Because you like Both. him in you like him in another show, Slider. Super Geek. No, look, yeah, him Slider. as an actor, I love. In the series of Indiana Jones, I do like Sala. Like he's just a fun character in there. Yeah, especially later on, he says, "Put your guns down, please." <laughs> he's like very gentleman. It's for uh, my brother. Had... <laughs> oh yes. Then you have also Sean Connery playing as the father mm-hmm. of Indy, River Phoenix, the young version of Indy, and Allison Duty. That's a weird name, last name, but she was the love interest of here, also the, the villain, part of the villain, Elsa. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. And I just remember, like I say, not remembered, but I, it dawned on me that there's always a love interest, like a James Bond girl, right? Be it a villain or heroine. She's pretty much has a lot of screen time. Karen yes. Allen. A lot of screen time. When she got introduced, she was in there. And she has some like solo moments. Kate Capshaw, when she was first, well, she opens the Temple the of Doom. Yeah. Right? And then she's in it throughout pretty much. And then you have Allison Duty, a lot of screen time as well. She's, I would say she has the second most amount of time of the three. Who had the, who had the most? Kate, Te- right? Yeah, Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. Those girls are the James Bond girls for Harrison's or Indy's James Bond. Yeah. I just find that interesting. And also in the Crystal Skull, you had Karen Allen and Kate Blanchett, two girls now in it, having, I don't know how much screen time they had, but because I, I, I always saw it once and I don't want to see it again. So yeah, anyway, among the trilogy, we think that this is the this is the longest of the three. Yeah, it is. It's about two hours and what, eight minutes? About that. I believe. It did break the two hour mark. This is about two hours and seven minutes. Yeah, but still, so good. I like this in many ways that... It gives more of an origin story of Indy. And even at the last moment, we still get origin because we get to find out how he got his name. Yes. At the last moment, I was wondering, I was like, wait a minute, did they go over his name, the dog? And it was like, and then, then there it goes. He says it right there, right when they're on the horses, about the riding into the sunset. And, you know, we also see how he got his hat or his look, his inspiration of his look and how he got his, his weapon, his whip and his scar. Yep. I mean, Harrison Ford had that scar for like before Star Wars, but to see how they put that in, it's kind of nice. It showed how he became like afraid of snakes too. Right. Even though he wasn't at first. Yeah. Yeah. His friend was scared of snakes, but then he wasn't, but then he falls into a batch or a pile of snakes, though he didn't get bit. Yeah. But that's a pretty scary moment. Like, I guess it's all drama. Right. But I just find it funny that like five minutes prior to that, he wasn't scared. But then after he was. Now, I have a lot of good moments here and some nitpicks and some things that don't make any sense to me. Some plot holes here and there. There was a bunch of stuff that didn't make sense to me. All right. We'll go over that soon. Like the first two, this is still entertaining. I was still entertained. I was actually entertained with him and Sean Connery. Their their chemistry. Yes. That I agree with. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Just like how it was with him and Short Round. Short round in Temple of Doom. Their chemistry together was amazing. So I kind of like that. And it's kind of funny too that, I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware, uh, they're only 12 years apart of age in real life when they filmed this. I can believe it. Oh, okay. Fine. Sure. I mean, Sean Sean Connery is just a guy that like, as long as I can remember, he always looked old. Even when he was playing (laughs) James Bond, I I was like, man, he looks old. I'll give you a great example of a person that looks old eternally. Sean Patrick Stewart always looked old. But at the same time, because he looks old, he looks eternally young. Because no matter what role he goes back into, I'm like, he looks the same. 
<laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was interesting that the age difference is not major. It True. worked. So let's go over uh, what you liked. And I'll try to try my best not to interrupt you. Well, what I liked was, uh, we talked about it, the dynamic between some of the characters. Um, between him and uh, Sean Connery, that was the main driving force. And then, rightfully it should be. This movie is about his relationship with him and his father. That's what I really did dig into. Action-wise, I'm going to save that for another topic. There were a couple good scenes that I, I, I thought were entertaining. Like when they're escaping uh, the castle, I, I did enjoy that. It, it made me laugh for some reason. And when the, the what, 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 You're talking about the fire? Yes. Okay. And I thought it was Damn just, it, I, just I, interrup- I interrupted you. No, it's okay. You're getting <laughs> clarity. I thought it was a, actually a, kind of a good moment when they were on the, I believe it's called a Zeppelin, the, mm-hmm. the airship, when they were having mm-hmm. their relationship with that and they were trying mm-hmm. to deepen it. And Sean Connery kind of like calls him out on it. He's like, I was a good father. You know, I gave you, a, I gave you all the world to uh, grow and do your stuff. He's like, you want to talk? Let's talk. And <laughs> he has nothing to talk about. <laughs> well, that's kind of hard. That's kind of hard because when you're put on the spot, you never have something to say when you're put you know, on the spot, honestly. Right. And then the tank, when they're fighting on the uh, fighting into the tank, there were some flaws in it, but some good moments on it. Like I liked how <laughs> I liked how he, uh, like the father was uh, in was it Marcus Marcus Brody Marcus Brody. Every now and then, Brody's trying to be like clever, like with some cheesy lines. Like for he's like he's like don't you get it the pen the pen and he's like what are you saying he's like the pen is mightier than the sword and I'm like I just couldn't help but laugh at that even, it was the corniest no, thing right even though there's no sword though it was a gun exactly I <laughs> yeah. you know what it would have made more sense if he said the pen is mightier than the gun um, <laughs> I I get where he was going with it was like just a super geeky moment loved it yeah, I just liked it where. In a sense, where Indy is trying to let the Nazis who are after the book saying that, or the map, because they're looking at the, the it's missing pages here, blah blah blah. He says, mm-hmm. "Oh, he has it. He's two. He's two days away of, ahead of you. You'll never catch him." Oh, that was funny. This, that this and that, and then the guy they, they cut to him real quick, and he's like, uh, "Can anyone help me, please?" Like he's like lost. Exactly. Oh, what about when Sal, like they're trying to uh, get a hold of him, and Sal is like. Oh yeah! Look at the newspaper. Run! Run! Yeah, I know people like that though. They just can't read the room. It's like they're telling. He you, said, like, "Run!" Like your... five times. I know. He's like, "What? Huh? What?" And yeah, yeah. He was. He's a person that you cannot count on when the chips fall. No. But he's like, I he's you... a part. So you but said- he's a part of the family, right? He's a he's part, you know. He's very vital, important part of the family, but True. useless. Well, the, it was the, the great example of that is like when same back to the dining room when he caught on fire. He goes, "I thought you said he had two days and everything." He's like, "You know that man got lost in his own museum." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. We know a guy like that. I, I would say those are my highlight, like favorite scenes and moments. I would have. What about you? Oh, this way too, there's a lot. 
There's a lot of moments. Again, um, I love the origin story aspect. Even though it's not too long, it mm-hmm. was long enough. You know, we see Sean Connery within 50 minutes in the movie. Like we, even though he has like top billing, he comes in late. Just he over should. half the film he's in there. I had to go look with the Mickey Mouse reference because they made that reference. Uh, the butler in the castle. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like it's like if you're a such and such, the if you're a Scottish blah blah blah, then I'm Mickey Mouse. And it's like, wait a minute, when does Mickey, when was Mickey Mouse created? Because this is in 1938, so I had to go back. And oddly enough, he was Mickey Mouse was created in 1928. Yeah, yeah, Mickey survived some here. world wars. <laughs> exactly. I like some moments here that we see in this film, but we didn't see in the Previous films, it's the first film that Indiana loses his hat. Because every other film he's in, the hat stays on. Be it that he gets thrown into water, into a major fight, on an airplane, blah, blah, blah. The hat stays on. Where here, the dust, the hat falls off when he sees about to fall off a cliff on the tank. He got it back, though. Well, no. like I, I didn't can... say he, lo- he loses it, but it doesn't mean I didn't say he doesn't get it back. Of course he gets it back. I mean, the, you can argue the same thing happened in Temple of Doom when he tried to escape with a short round from the trap room, and he had to squeeze his arm in to grab his hat back. No. But... I'm sorry. I'll, I'll yeah, but the thing is, it's like he, he gets back. I'm talking about like this. It just falls off from all the everything he does, like adventures and fights and near-death experiences, the hat stayed on. I mean, the hat stayed on when he jumped out of the plane with Short Round and Willie on that raft. That's true. And it stayed on. And then it was sliding down. And it stayed on. It's a very James Bond kind of thing. And again, on that, it was more of a dramatic effect, like, holy crap, because of the the cliff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going over my notes real quick, because our other reviews went way too long. And I need to edit these in time, so I'm not going (laughs) to... I was trying to be quick and efficient. Hey. Right. The trap door I thought was cute. The yes. both, there's two trap doors, two trap doors, the, the wall and the, and the chair. Right. And I, that was, well, to go back to this, like the whole thing, the whole film in itself was more comical than the previous two. Which is kind of funny when you think about it, like Temple of Doom did have a lot of humor. It did. Yes, it did. But it just felt here a little more lighthearted. Like the first one was dark and some violence. Here, there was some there was violence here too, especially with dealing with um, taking down the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And there was some violence also with Temple of Doom. True. But here, it just felt a little more lighthearted overall. I think where that comes in is more Indy seems softer around his father. Well, he's the kid, right? You know, like how we are with our, and sometimes how you were with me when we're uh, younger, that you'll respond to what I tell you and you just do it. But when you're friends, mm-hmm. you're a little more loose. When we're with our parents, we're more, well, we are anyway. We were a little more respectful, um, yeah. annoyed well, um, at most moments. I think a great example and, of it was like in the movie when Indy first breaks into the room and gets hit by the vase. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery goes, Junior? And he goes, Sir? Like he pops right. up and he's like, "Yes, sir." That's a very, parent, uh, you know, child to inf- uh, to parent response. But also in the sense when they're escaping and the bomb drops and it makes a hole and they and they crash into the hole, mm-hmm. Indy comes out real quick to try to escape because the plane is going to come around again, and the father is still there. So he's like, "Dad, the plane is coming around. Come on!" Yeah, we've had that like, response too. Yeah, we've done that. Also, we've done stuff where we're proud of our parents, Mm -hmm. where the moment here is when the plane's coming, 
which also reminded me of Highlander. I don't know why, but it reminded me of Highlander because Sean Connery was in Highlander and there, there's a scene on the beach. So he's running with the umbrella and he's flicking the umbrella to, to scare the birds to let it crash because Indy had no bullets left. And when he does that and saves the day or saves the moment, and Indy looks at him with a, with a look of amazement and, and proud that his father was able to do this because his father was never in that lifestyle as Indy is mm-hmm. of adventure. So that was kind of a nice moment. I thought it was also funny where, <laughs> where the, talking about the plane, that they're on there and he, he's, oh, it was too many fast, too many funny moments on that when they're in the plane trying to shoot other planes down. He's like, 11 o'clock. He's like, what? What's, what's happening at 11 o'clock? No, 12, 11, 10, 9, 11 o'clock. Shoot. There. And he's trying to rearrange the, the, the bullets or the, the gun. He accidentally shoots the tail. Yeah. He's and like, then he's like, they got us. <laughs> right. Just like sometimes a parent would do, like we know. Yeah. That they'll blame on something else or someone else for the mishap. Mm-hmm. We could relate to that. Oh, there is a, I mean, there's a lot of Easter eggs here, here and there as well. And for me, again, the star, there's a Star Wars, felt to me there was a Star Wars reference said by Marcus to the Nazi group in the car. He says, you're meddling with powers you cannot possibly understand. And it kind of reminded me of how like Vader will talk to his Empire crew, like the 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 grad the Grand Admirals in the yeah. first movie. It sounds like a line he will give. Right. In the sense of the how the power of the force. Mm-hmm. So I mean stuff like that I liked. And again, the dynamic between Harrison and Sean together as father and son was then amazing. Did it you was, get a James Bond reference in there? I think I did. Well, the whole series is like a James Bond tribute. But what what are you talking about exactly? Like when he forcefully kisses uh, Elsa, I believe it was. And she's like, "How dare you kiss me?" Exactly, and then she kisses yeah. him. I'm right. like, I, I saw that kiss. And I'm like, "Yo, they stole that from Sean Connery from like James Bond." Because didn't Sean Connery like kiss a girl in the movie like really hard, and she didn't want to be kissed at first? You can say that with the Roger Moore, James Bond, the Pierce Bronson, the Timothy Dalton. Daniel Craig. You can- well, then just James Bond. Then. <laughs> yeah, it's just James Bond because I don't know exactly. But yeah, like I said, Indiana Jones is the archaeologist James Bond. True. And every film he's had a James Bond girl in there. Now, what about our dislikes? Even though these, these films are very entertaining, you can totally get yourself wrapped in and fall into the lore of what's going on. Some things don't make sense or some things are out of place. True. True, true. So what about you? I did miss one thing. Oh. When he dressed up and he, uh, Hitler signed. Dressed up as what? As, oh, no. okay. Yeah, Hitler signed his uh, father's diary. Mm-hmm. For me, that I just thought that was hilarious because I could only imagine him giving his father the diary. That should have been a deleted scene. His father being like, why is this signed by Hitler? He was there. Yes, but he clearly hated the Nazis and, and Hitler of too. Like, so I'm just saying it would. I thought it would be funny. Do you know why? He signed it. Hitler? Why he signed it? Because he thought yeah. he was a fan. Besides that. Mm, okay. So the, okay. so they're there burning books, right? Yeah. They're, yeah, burning yeah. Books. they're doing the whole Florida thing. Banning books, burning them, whatever. But there's people getting, he's getting autographs. He's giving autographs to people. Do you know yeah. what book they're signing? Oh, oh, is it Mein Kampf or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're signing, they're signing his book. So Hitler thought he was signing that. Even though he opened it and clearly it wasn't, he thought it was. Yeah. For me, I thought it was a cute moment. Now, I understand what you're saying, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also like blasphemy in the sense, like the devil himself is signing on the book. Yeah, that's why I thought it was funny because his father's like, "We're trying to save the world from like 
complete damnation. Uh, and the, that's like literally the argument his father's making. But anyways, <laughs> going to the nitpicks here. All right. My one of the biggest nitpicks I had was when they were in uh, Italy. A lot of actually moments in Italy. But when they were um, breaking into the library and the, into the tomb. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, he, he knocks down the wall with his shoulder and he's like, petrol. He's like, I could retire here and like just build a well and live the rest of my days off of this. First of all, I'm not like a geologist or like a very sciencey guy. But to my knowledge, something that flammable that's bubbling through the ground emits gas. And they're walking around one with a lighter, and two, he's walking through it with a, you know, in the other scenes with a torch. Supposedly everything's fine, and then the one guy with the, uh, who is part of some secret organization, which they would really do a poor job with that that organization. But he just comes in and throws a lighter, and it ignites everything from there. That should have been a death trap from day one, from the moment one, as soon as they opened it. Like so many other movies I've seen, or so many other things. That it, matter of fact, great example: fracking. Like where they're uh, like trying to get gas from the earth. People have literally ignited water from their faucets because the gas comes in with the liquid. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just stuck with me, and I'm like, makes no sense. And of course, he flips the coffin and survives the entire ignition. And he's like, I found a way out. Hold your breath. I have no idea how long he swam to end up in. He ended up someplace really far. The power of editing. Yes, yes. Just like just like before, like in the Raiders, where he goes onto a submarine, we see the submarine travel like miles and miles and miles. But definitely, we know it's not over above above water or surface. It had to go down under because yeah, which like in someone four. explained to me something that makes sense. He's like, technically, when you lock the hatch for a submarine, you all you're doing is just turning it. It's not like you turn a lock to lock it once you turn it and then you submerge the pressure of the water keeps it shut so as long as he's able to undo it before it goes submerged he's fine but that but again, doesn't answer why he's that, wet probably, well he probably jumped off then yeah and into the water but, but how come he like, didn't get it found for like days end you know it's right, still that's what i'm saying i'm saying like he how did he hide exactly. that long unless he's in that hole the whole time at the ladder he's like so many flaws. Um, also, when uh, the they get back to their hotel rooms and everything's like ransacked, mm-hmm. no one knew that the rooms were searched because I, I knew she did, but like she she did it, herself. And he's like, I'm I'm like, a the music wasn't loud enough to really hide the fact that because those rooms were wrecked. Marcus and uh, Indy should have at least been able to hear like. Yeah, someone just knocked over my my bureau or something like that, or tossed my bed. Oh, that tank, that tank. As fun as the guess. scene let me, is, let me, let me get, let me guess. Mm-hmm. Is it him hanging off the barrel, the broken barrel? No, but it does involve the bro- broken barrel. Okay. okay, so remember the broken barrel? He shoved the rock in there, and that right. did like the cartoon bloating, the rico- exploding the cigar, the rico- ricochet thing, kind of, yeah, yes. backfire kind mm-hmm. of. Thing. But that didn't happen with the car on top of the main. <laughs> <laughs> the main gun. Oh, the one that he just killed and sacrificed his own soldiers. Yeah. Well, because it wasn't locked in. Because it, you I mean because the rock was inside the chamber, the barrel. True. But you still but have like the jeep. The jeep was just right here, so it just pushed through. It just went through. I mean, I doubt that it would have been that same effect. Yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying? I, I like to me. I would imagine that's still an obstruction, even though it would push through. That's still obstruction, like that will cause 
at least a right. minor explosion right at the tip of the barrel. Only thing I can think of is that the barrel of that, where the, where the car was stuck on, was thicker, and also projectile was of stronger power. Yeah, true, true, true. Okay. More. I'm sorry for those gun enthusiasts. I don't know what the proper names are. So, but the thing is, and that was where what Indy stuck in was a little smaller, not as powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anything yeah. else that you thought was a little off? Well, the boats. So the boat chase is not not bad. But when they're getting eaten up by the propellers, that one boat just happens like no matter how much it was being eaten up, just wouldn't sink. Not until Indy jumped off the boat. And I'm like, wow, this is the boat sent by God because that boat just was eaten up more than halfway. And logic says you should be sinking. And I could be wrong. I feel like that guy looked like the guy with the eye patch (laughs) from the first movie. Possibly. Possibly, you, you know, you never know. Oh, he was talking about the, the nice Templar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's when I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, Assassin's Creed. I was thinking Mummy's Return, uh, the Mummy. What I'm saying is that that whole thing with the the knights that protect, yeah, you know, stuff like that in Assassin's Creed, sim- same thing, similar. Yeah, and, no, I agree. But wait a minute, hold up, he, what? A few moments later, Tolt from Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's credited. In Last Crusade, so he's, so he's the same not, guy. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the the one that with the burnt hand. Oh, Raiders. he was he was played again as a soldier from the Gestapo. Oh, so he must have just been so, like a throwaway character because I don't remember him. Well, no, he was just probably like extra, whatever. Like they used, you know, probably asked to come back. Oh, and that okay, and that reminds me of another thing. Everybody keeps saying we need the Joneses alive. We need the doctors alive. Don't kill the doctors. Every other scene, after this order is given, kill the Joneses. Well, they got permission. Not in the castle. Oh. No, yes. No, they said. The fire, the the fire? Yes, the one that set set up the whole thing, the guy in the suit. He set up, he says, there's a war against the Joneses. And so they go to shoot him. But they escaped. When when up? when he found out that they got Marcus, mm-hmm. he said, "Oh, we don't need him. We don't need the Joneses. We got the book. We have the map. We have everything we need. Kill them." Mm, okay. And they go. Then they go to kill them, but they find out they're escaping. But for me, a couple of things. Not much, but it just makes some things that make sense. Okay, so when he, Indiana Jones meets Walter Donovan, so he's the one that orchestrated the whole thing for Jones to to go and right. He hired his father first, and then he hired yes. Indiana, mm-hmm. right? So he has the manuscript out in the open, a dated old manuscript. Air is detrimental to ancient manuscripts. And Jones is touching it barehanded. He's touching it barehanded. It's open out. I was like, that should be in a case. And then if it was going to be touched, touch with gloves. I have so always that- said, uh, James, uh, no, James Indiana Jones is technically not that great of archaeologist. Let's be honest. No, he but he find, is. He can find stuff. No, but he is. I mean, he just, you know, of course, when you're in awe, you probably just touch or they didn't really think about that. But I'm just saying, for a guy who's a collector and, something, and finding ancient artifacts, not Indiana Jones, the other one, you would think you would have the stuff that he found there. And then if any you know, person wants to look at it, that needs to look at it, have the gloves on, blah, blah. But, I mean, it's back in the 30s, so people probably didn't think about it like that. But for here, for us, we will think about that. Mm. 
Something like that. That's all. Now we're going to jump forward on that whole tanker scene. After mm-hmm. he has that gun blow up, and so he falls on top of it later on, right? When he's fighting that other German. Yes. The older guy. And he's very good. He's, he's someone you love to hate. He's hanging on. As soon as he, ha- he just hangs, he just drops onto that solid piece of barrel. Yeah. Then we see him that he's trying to, like, he's stuck with his satchel. Mm-hmm. But how did that happen when you have the barrel on the other end blown up and each bent metal is like two feet wide in, bo- in all directions? I would get it if it's like if it's hooked on one of the bend pieces, but I know what you're talking right. about. It's not. And it's not, right? Like, and the thing is, he could have just let go, like slide right out and been fine. But he was, I guess, hanging on to the satchel. And, but he could just come in and just mm-hmm. slip through the opening. But then after that, after he the tank turns, he just gets up as if not to remove the satchel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really? I mean, I've okay, yeah, sure. They took the time, but they cut that out. But I'm like, if he's hanging from that, that was just keeping him from escaping or being free. He would not get up so easily to fight. I mean, to quote a line from one a classic commercial that I know you've seen: "Editing mistake in my favor." Bruce Lee versus the Karate Kid. Yep. Hilarious moments. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Guys, if you've never seen that commercial, look it up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, that's pretty much what you just described. Editing mistakes in his favor. Well, I mean, it's done a lot. They they do it a lot in this film and a lot of films too. Like, yeah, Especially like Jurassic Park. So many editing mistakes in that Jurassic Park. Even though it's a great film, it gets you going. But if you look at it, as a filmmaker point or if you study film oh, i think you even that. told me one time like the when they approached the island uh the, on the video oh yeah they it's, like it's from like the wrong side or something like that when they're approaching the island on the in the helicopter helicopter right and the money guy I can't remember his name right mm-hmm. now the money guy says is and here we are and he points there but the island is actually behind him yep and stuff like that and there's other other editing mistakes there as well but Let's go back to here. So now they're at the at the sanction where mm-hmm. the cup is, where the Holy Grail is. And the guys go in and they fail. And they get their head chopped off. Yep. No blood. You got to keep that PG. PG-13, I understand. But still, no blood. Not even a drip or not even a drop. And I was like, that's a clean blade. <laughs> that it, as, soon as, it cuts, as soon as it cuts, it cinches off the, 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 the it's blood. It's magic. <laughs> right. But also before that, I'll go back to the, the grail spot later, but before that, when on the the Zeppelin. Yep. So Indy punches the Nazi, pushes him off because he didn't have a ticket. The Zeppelin takes off while the luggage is still there. Yeah. Uh I know what you're getting at, but here's my flaw with that whole moment too. The guy he goes to talk to, who he clearly stole the clothes from, is Clearly, Clearly a full, shorter. shorter and smaller, like a full size smaller, and um, and then he comes out like it's a perfect fit. I'm like, bro, no. Well, just the jacket, just the jacket, because not the pants. The pants. Even that good. jacket was tight on that short dude. <laughs> it wasn't baggy. Right. No, but it's the same thing to call back to the first Raiders. Remember when he's, he gets called out by one German? And he's trying to put on the jacket. He's like, he can't. Yeah, and but the guys like yelling at him like, why are you looking like this? Why are you sitting down? Blah blah yeah. blah. At, at least yeah. then he couldn't fit in it. Here is like somehow it fits. I'm like, 
Right. Uh, it does. But then here we go again to the book burning. Yeah. So he knocks someone out. We see feet being dragged. Mm-hmm. And then the camera, without skipping a beat, just pans up and Harrison's falling out, fully dressed. I was like, wow, that's faster than Superman. I'm, I'm wondering to myself, like, how many soldiers did he knock out to get the right fit? But still, <laughs> what I'm saying is he knocks someone down and he's pulling in. And as soon as we see the feet disappear, we see his feet approach and he's fully dressed. Yeah. Granted, it's just the jacket. His pants are still, he's wearing his regular pants. I'm saying, I guess the soldiers there are not really keen on detail because they saw his not writing a watch, not wearing the right attire. Mm, you know, uniform. Say yeah. But it was just something like that. But definitely the luggage. I was like, but don't they need it? Don't they put it on? They were all scared I mean, about not having to take it. But it doesn't matter that there's not their job to put the luggage on. It was there the crew of the Zeppelin to put the luggage somewhere. But it's just left. Mm-hmm. And then on the last thing, when Indy saves his father and he gives him the, the water from the holy from the holy grail, mm-hmm. yeah, he wakes up, he revives him, he saves his life. But he puts the water on the bullet wound. Yeah. The bullet didn't go through. So where's the bullet head? It's stuck in him. Yeah. Well, actually, fun fact, I, and I've seen this from a, a lot of interviews with doctors. They say most bullet wound, uh, bullet shots and whatnot, they just leave the bullets in. I, like a lot of people out there who are shot, like they, they say, like if you're shot, unless they have no choice, it actually probably does more damage to get the bullet out. Okay, Tony Stark. Um, so, but leave that shrapnel. What I'm saying is, you will feel it though. Regardless, you will be living with discomfort. Absolutely, yes. Okay, but he's walking around like there is no discomfort. Like he's totally here. Like like the bullet in itself in his body evaporated. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, now I understand the bullet went through, but the thing is, like Indy didn't check the back. He didn't put a he didn't put any material like a, a, a handkerchief like he did on the front. He didn't put nothing in the back. Well, I mean, it, I, I'm signing with you on this, just, but this well, is yeah, my but other saying, question about here, that. Like, but here's the thing. But what I'm saying, it, it didn't like it didn't go through him mm-hmm. and that. But yet on the tank, Indy shoots like three or four guys at one time with one bullet. Yeah, because they were all it goes lined through up. All of them, mm-hmm. right? But it goes through all of them. So I'm saying that went through three to four people, but this didn't go through one one guy. Sean Connery got that strong liver, I guess. No, here's my question though. I was like, uh, and I could be forgetting, but why didn't he just pour the liquid in his mouth? He did. He poured the liquid into Sean Connery's mouth. Yeah, he, he he gave him the water. He was drinking it, and then he put it on the on the bullet wound, and then so, he gave it back to him, and then he put it back on the bullet wound to like to clear it up. A few moments later. Oh, okay. But why yeah. pour it on the wound if the if the thing's supposed to heal you and whatnot? Do what? Why both? It just helped. It just well. I mean, I'm not gonna question. It just helped. It just you know. And then Kim asks, she was watching. She's like, "Well, will they live forever now since they both drank from the cup?" I go, "No, because once you pass the seal, it, you're not immortal. You have to stay in the, within the seal, and you got you know to protect the cup. That's the payoff for being immortal. You live a longer life." Uh, because of it, because like the 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 two brothers of the three uh, still mm-hmm. lived extremely long lives even after leaving. But you're right; they eventually die of old age. And he was gray. Did you notice that? Like I felt that was the night. lighting. Like he yeah, always had but, like a but, gray hue lighting. But when he came out, when he said goodbye, he wasn't in the chamber. He was at the like at the entrance, and he was waving goodbye. Like 
Yeah. So I don't know why he said, I, I would not be saying goodbye. I was like, mother freaker, you're supposed to take my place. It was like, I mean, the cave is going to shut no, down. I have to say, yeah, but I have to say it was funny, though, or cute, when the knight went to defend the cup, and he went to do it for a, a, a chop, and the weight of the sword just takes him back. And, <laughs> and then like, he tells him, you have vanquished me. And I'm like, no, you, no you man. Have be- no, you have bested me. You have bested me. So now, and Harrison was like, or India was like, no, 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 no. Anyway. Indy should have took that sword. I'm saying. Fun thing, I know it's not canon or anything, but it, it it did dawn on me. I'm like, yo, how funny would it have been if like Indy's father became um, Alan Quartermain from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and that's how come he lived for so long because he got the sip from the uh, Holy Grail. Wow. Then how did he grow his hair back? Power of the Holy Grail. Oh, I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess. No, it could be. You know, don't remember. I mean, don't forget, like. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, they're all like Rasputin is in it. All these other characters mm-hmm. from different lores. So I don't see why not. Yeah. But also we have to say like, so I, you know, in the first two movies that we reviewed, I never really gave the, the proper acknowledgement of the fedora because I don't remember if I did. But when Raiders came out, the fedora became fashionable again. Yeah. Everyone was wearing the fedora in honor of that. But the not exactly... The exact type of fedora. There's all the times like the thicker material, more easy access. Smaller uh, brims, like bigger brims. Yeah, yeah. It was like different types of uh, and variations. I remember having one, but it was just like more like for like rough weather, like when it rained and stuff like that. Like his was more like the softer material, more easy, manageable. Like you can pack it into your suitcase, what have you. Yeah. And then I think they tried to do it again with Sean Connery's character with his cap. Yeah, like he had it on for like for the, almost the longest time to like the last moment mm-hmm. towards the end, he didn't have it. It was kind of cute how the son and son and father had similar attributes uh, or attributes, right? But a little bit different. Like he was being his own man, even though he saw it from another person that he was trying to he was robbing. He pretty much idolized him, another guy. Yeah. Let's go now into the scoring of Rotten Tomatoes. Again, the critics has it at a score of 84%. Their audience has it at 94%. Mm-hmm. Where do you see it? I'm closer with the critics, honestly. Okay. So I'll, I'll give it like a solid 87. I will mm-hmm. probably give it more in the 90s because I was very entertained. I love the chemistry between Sean and Harrison. I love the action, even though the action here was not as much as the others, but it was still good. Um, I love that we got a little more in depth about Indy's character, so I'll give it more in the, into the 90 aspect. But in relation to the other two films, mm-hmm. this is the lowest. I, yeah. I feel that way too. I mean, watching it again, I was like, wow, this is really good. But Raiders of the Lost Ark, it set the tone. It's, it created a new world. It created a new character. So you, it's kind of like, in the sense of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back with this too, for me. Mm-hmm. And this is the Return of the Jedi moment, where it's closing a chapter. Or closing at the end of a saga. Yeah. So it's a nice close ending. Again, especially since we see the heroes right off into the sunset. The trilogy of this series is great for it, say, like on a rainy day and you're not going out and you're just gonna watch three great movies back to back. Like I said, this this is a this is a lighter film compared to the two, mm-hmm. but still good nonetheless. Yeah. All right, guys, that is our throwback review of Indiana Jones. And The Last Crusade. Have you seen it? Let us know what you thought was a nice scene or which moment 
did you like? If you have a movie or a show you would like us to review, please don't hesitate. We would love to hear from you. Leave in the, the comments video. below. Or email us at tellthetwobro at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you, too.